0: In the most divisive of times, the great debates rage on. Who was the best Batman? Was the book truly better than the movie? Did Han shoot first? Nerds with opinions will seek to answer life's greatest questions. Hello there, fellow nerds. You are listening to Nerds with Opinions, episode number 65. As always, I'm your host, Matt Holbin. Today on the podcast, I am joined by frequent guest, Cynthia Borges, and we are discussing a couple of recent wrestling pay-per-views. So this is a Marks with Opinions episode, and we are discussing WWE's Money in the Bank pay-per-view and AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. It's really interesting to review these wrestling pay-per-views in the kind of COVID era, because there's not really real audiences. These companies basically started having like their employees sit in the audience, so there's like a little bit of noise, but it's it's very unique and then they're doing things like cinematic matches that aren't really like normal wrestling matches in the ring. And it's kind of been an interesting time creatively. So we talk about that a bit. So here it is, the marks with opinions reviews on Money in the Bank and Double or Nothing, here today on Nerds with Opinions. So, I'm joined by returning guest, Cynthia Borges, and we are going to chat about Money in the Bank 2020 and Double or Nothing 2020, so the most recent wrestling pay-per-views. I think the only ones for a while. I I think Impact might have done one pay-per-view, but all the other companies are not really doing anything. So let's start with Money in the Bank, um, and let's just go match by match here and just talk about it real quick. Fortunately, these were shorter because they're kind of seem to be doing that with no audience um, or little audience. So, in the pre-show, Jeff Hardy defeated Cesaro in a singles match, which was fine. It was good. Um, It was one of those that's like typical WWE, like zero build-up, and it was kind of like, okay, what's the point of this? But because especially when uh, Jeff Hardy and Sheamus have been having a rivalry, it seems strange, but I'm never going to complain about a reason for either one of these guys to be on a show, especially Cesaro, because he's underrated.
1: I love Cesaro. He, like, some of the things he does is just freaking amazing.
0: He, uh, unfortunately, took the loss here again, though. Um,
1: I know. Ugh. But... I mean, I understand why they had Jeff do it because it's, like, his comeback or whatever, but still. Yeah. Like, come
0: on. <laughs> um, Give my man a break. I thought it was a good match. It was a good pre-show match, but it was, it, it was, it was just strange booking.
1: Yeah, I
0: agree. Uh, And then the opening match, The New Day defeated The Forgotten Sons, Miz and Morrison, and Lucha House Party in a fatal four-way for the SmackDown tag team titles. This was another one that was kind of like, their tag team booking has been kind of weird. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I'm not gonna complain about it because it was a good match, but it was—it's kind of all over the place because it was—it seemed like the New Day and Miz and Morrison were in a rivalry, and then now it's just kind of up in the air. And then this match kind of was like the the precursor of that because they just kind of threw Lucha House Party in it. Um, I thought they were like yeah. some of the best parts of this match, but it was still one of those things where it's like, oh, okay, what what is this? um yeah and what'd you think about it is
1: the forgotten is forgotten son like newly called up yes
0: yeah, from nxt
1: okay yeah because i'm just all like don't really know who they are but um like still it was a good match and you'll never see me complain about new day winning <laughs> right I, <laughs> um i do think
0: that miz and morrison had a, a too short of a title run though
1: Oh, I agree. I think they were starting to, like, because Morrison just came back and him and Miz, like, re up, up and everything, and they've had such good chemistry coming back and doing that, that, like, I think this whole pandemic is ruining everything, because, like, I think a lot of the people who have lost their titles uh, should have held them longer, or, like, who haven't, and I'm super glad that they've kept it, is just because um, half the time they don't get, like, It's not getting a proper run when it should.
0: I agree. Do you think that they're close to maybe needing to perhaps space out the New Day's title runs?
1: Yeah, I think it needs to be a little bit more spaced out. Like, I wouldn't be upset with seeing other people get it because um, otherwise I'll be doing what WWE is and just, like, looking at a couple of tag teams when you have like a massive division and just focusing on a couple when you could be focusing on so many more people have talent.
0: Right. Yeah. My only concern is that people are going to get a little tired of that. Um, I want them to break the record. The current record for WWE is 10 by the Dudley boys and they are, they have eight. So it's doable, but I think that they have a few more years of that they could get out of that stable. Um, so I I kind of wonder if maybe they should like have a gap where they don't have the titles, um, because the the last little bit where they had the titles, lost them to Miz and Morrison, and then got them back was really super quick. And I'm not complaining about that, but um, cause it's like, okay, once they get 11, if that, if that's the goal, which I think it's like at this point, like, why wouldn't they, but once they get 11 yeah. and beat the Dudley boys, if they do that really fast, it's like, where are they going to go from there?
1: Yeah. It's, it kind of reminds me of, uh, what the, with Charlotte, how they're like trying to get at least what our theory is having her beat her dad's record. And like what, I think when it gets those turnarounds for the championship so quickly it means a lot less
0: I agree I agree um so let's move on to the third match which was Bobby Lashley defeating R-Truth this was another one that was oh boy three minutes basically a squash um another one that was kind of like just thrown in there no booking at all they seem to be kind of wanting to push Bobby which I think is a good thing um, but it was definitely just like, hey, you're squashing our truth, was obviously.
1: Wasn't MVP supposed to be who was fighting our truth? And then Lashley comes out and MVP is like. And that was yes,
0: kind of an introduction wasn't. to now MVP is like managing or he's trying to manage. Well, I guess he is. And then like there's some tension between both those parties and, and Lana, which uh, if that's going to lead to them having Lana break away from. Bobby and Bobby like being a monster again. Then I'm, I'm for it.
1: Oh, I'm I'm for it. Yeah. Um No offense to Lana, but I don't think they've just found her something that works for her yet. Definitely She's not whatever. Can't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think, I think the closest
0: initially when she I was got... like the mouthpiece for Rusev before they did the Rusev Day thing, which is obviously like way more over than that like oh my God, it was when he was a heel that worked but obviously he's not even the company now so yeah i don't know to me like i think she's one of those that like they keep her around because they think that she's a pretty face um but i i don't i honestly don't think she has a whole lot of talent on the mic and especially on the ring so i, I don't see her value but that might be harsh but it's my opinion
1: i don't Yeah, it's harsh, but it's also kind of true because I don't see it either. I think the closest I ever got to liking her was when Rusev Day was still a thing and they had the Mixed Match Challenge. And so, like, she was paired up with Rusev and everything. And the Mixed Match Challenge was more like house shows. It was a lot more lax and it was a lot more fun. And that was the only time I got close to liking Lana.
0: I kind of liked her when they had her and Rusev break up and then she was like hanging around with Dolph Ziggler. And then they basically her and Rusev like legit in real life killed that angle when they, they got married and they like posted on social media and everything. So like WWE pulled the plug on it. I thought it was kind of interesting, but yeah. And then clearly they're trying to like rehash that with, how they ended his career in WWE with basically like they had the divorce angle and it was so fucking bad. So anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's move on to the next match. Um, Bailey defeated Tamina for the SmackDown women's title. I was disappointed in this match. I have to admit. I
1: was so hoping Tamina would win. I thought it was like a dark horse out of nowhere; she would win it, and I'd be super stoked. I know she's probably not going to like. No, if they're not going to do
0: it, then but she's she's. Yeah. The,
1: and it, it makes me sad. The only th- but,
0: the only thing though, and I like I honestly think that this might like justify the higher ups thinking that match was rough, and like she isn't the most polished wrestler and mm. I it wasn't I mean it wasn't terrible like I've certainly seen her in worse matches and I, I've certainly seen just worse matches period but it wasn't it wasn't great it was it was kind of sloppy and so I almost wonder if like people that were watching this were, were like well yep this is why we've never given her a shot which kind of stinks because I think that maybe it was just a bit of a rough performance but yeah. um, I don't know. I was disappointed. And I didn't think it was uh, a super great match.
1: I mean, to be fair, uh, before you said it, like I kind of forgot they had a match because it didn't really stick in my mind. Right. So
0: Yeah, unfortunately. Um, so let's talk about the next match. Braun Strowman defeated Bray Wyatt uh, for the... Universal title. This had an interesting build-up because they, like, called back to their whole, like, Wyatt family days.
1: I I liked the build-up to this because Braun Strowman uh, didn't go, oh, no, this is crazy. He, like, stepped up to the fiend Bray Wyatt and was just like, oh, you want to play mind games? Bring it. And it was just so refreshing not having someone, like, freak out and sort of be terrified and just – he decided he was gonna hold his own, and dude did it. Yeah. Plus, like, like in the match or whatever, when that one moment, like where he put the sheet mask on, uh-huh. which is the callback thing, and like it. To be fair, I didn't see the Wyatt family, so I don't know. The entire background story there, I but think I like. Ron
0: was the most the the least integral part of that stable. He came in like towards the end and wasn't even in it for a whole, a whole lot of time. Like really, the Wyatt family was Bray, Luke Harper, and Eric Rowan. And Eric,
1: yeah, okay. Um, and then isn't there for a hot second, Daniel Bryan? Well, technically, like,
0: he, like technically, Daniel Bryan for a hot second, and he was basically like it was a ruse. He was pretending to be involved with them, and I and I suppose Randy Orton was in it. Okay. Remember that?
1: Okay. no, <laughs> I never really saw it. I just know like vague pieces, yeah. but I like the. Fact he was that, he was uh, in it longer
0: than, uh, than any of those other guys. I I think like even maybe Braun. Okay. Yeah, they, they 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 ran with that for a while. Like he and Bray Wyatt were tag team champions together.
1: Oh, this is blowing my mind. Yeah, it was it
0: was it was wild.
1: Um, yeah, but the part where, like, Braun in the middle of the match or whatever kind of played mind games back to Bray, I thought was an interesting take because we haven't seen it before. Yeah. And granted, this wasn't a Fiend match. It was a Bray Wyatt match. It, it was – I liked the difference, and I, I actually liked it.
0: Here's my complaint about it, though. I, okay. I mean, it all started with that match in Saudi Arabia – uh, they, they have fucking killed like all the momentum that the Fiend character had. They've destroyed it. It, it was uh, I mean whatever. It was a good 2019 <laughs> but like they, they've, they have they fucking destroyed it. Was
1: it was a good couple of months in 2019. <laughs>
0: well he was doing it longer than that. He did it most of the year. Yeah. There, remember how long yeah. of buildup build up there was before you actually had that match? It's um, true.
1: But still like. Uh,
0: oh man. I Because here's the thing. Like whatever the 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 thing happened with Goldberg, um, but if if it was me, I'd be like, okay, you know, well, let's push Braun. We had to throw him in the match with Goldberg at WrestleMania, but he's the champion. He finally did it, which I think is something that was overdue. Okay. But if it was me, like physically imposing wise, Bray slash the Fiend is a character that can. Hold the zone with how big Braun Strowman is. So if I was booking it, I'd be like, okay, let's try to get the Fiend, you know, elevated back up to, you know, that top status. So yeah, what I would have done is I think I would have had Braun lose the title here and then have them like go back and forth with it. Um, oh, I would have liked that. Because... You know, I, I think you could even, if if they're really wanting, like, hey, Braun is the guy in the end, the, their babyface guy, like, mm-hmm. at the end of the feud, have him win it, but I think The Fiend taking multiple losses back to back to back to back to back. I suppose he yeah. beat John Cena, but um <laughs> in terms of, like, title matches... Yeah. Dude, he he's, uh, like, they've basically taken... You can't book a character that's like, oh, he's this unkillable, stop, unstoppable monster, and then have him just take a bunch of losses, especially a squash match against Goldberg. Like, that uh, did that did the guy no favors.
1: I'm not going to um, lie. I completely erased that from my memory because I well, hated it. It, it feels like rage.
0: It happens. <laughs> um, that, so that's my only pro- problem with this. I, I'm really hoping that they get the Bray Wyatt and... Fiend character back on track because to me it was oh, I agree. it it's was the most character. over interesting thing they had done since the man and then that kind of lost steam and obviously like she's gone now and yeah. so I I think that they're it's kind of interesting with you no know, live crowd too I, I think that they have these like waves where you had like the man then you had Kofi mania and then then you, you know that was killed early too so then you had the fiend and that could still be a thing they have potential for mcintyre to be the next big over thing but it's hard to tell with no crowd yeah um but uh speaking of him let's talk about him defeating seth rollins for the wwe title i love this match i I thought it was quite good
1: I, I thought I thoroughly enjoyed it and at the end when he was all like, Hey, shake my hand, you did good and everything, I thought that was pretty cool of him. Like and of course Seth seemed a little suspicious of why should I handshake you? <laughs> that was an interesting
0: touch, yeah. Um I loved McIntyre as a baby face. I think he's he's killing it.
1: Oh yeah, I like it because he hasn't fully gone like soft or anything. He's still a total badass. Um, like I don't know how to describe it he like he just doesn't use heel tactics like the straight heel tactics he's, I feel like he's more like a, uh, a I don't
0: know how to describe
1: it. yes thank you the yeah I don't know if he's like quite th-
0: there cause he's definitely more of a baby face than that because i I don't think he's antihero status because he's he's just no. like a badass but
1: yeah um badass with a heart of gold <laughs> but yeah i
0: mean like the the sportsmanship stuff i mean because if he was like a total like anti-hero he probably would have flipped him off at the end of the match or something Oh, yeah but, um <clears throat> yeah i i uh I'm really hoping they keep running with him if if it was me i again backseat booking uh i would keep a title on him definitely until crowds are back and then gauge like how over he still is oh yeah and and have that kind of determine you know how much longer his title run is because i i'm just so worried that they're going to make him drop the title and it was we'll never quite know how how high he could have flown you know yeah seriously um but i guess we'll i guess we'll see I guess we will see so oh side note um <laughs> Seth Rollins like gear when he came out to this like like that straight up like prophet like all white oh man that was something else I hate his new music though I'm just gonna say that right now Not
1: yeah. a fan. his new music's kind of eh but like He's leaning so into this Messiah thing; it it makes me laugh. It's, it's good. great. It's I think so it's good.
0: Uh, so moving on, the Money in the Bank match, which both the men's and the women's were at the same time. This was a pre-recorded, um, cinematic match. It was kind of a hybrid because they they kind of did it wasn't as full on cinematic as like Firefly Hun- Funhouse or like the Boneyard match. Yeah. But they certainly did some stuff that was, that is without being in the parameters of a normal match and that yeah. you could only do pre Um And when I first heard that they were going to have basically both matches happening at the same exact time, I was like, Oh man, either that's going to be great or it has all the makings for being an absolute shit show. And I think that, it was the former. I think they really pulled it off. It was oh, yeah. super entertaining. It was silly. It was badass.
1: It was a match. <laughs> it was a fun, feel-good match, and I liked how they started out separately, and every so often they'd intertwine the two matches right. and then just go their separate ways and stuff. So
0: Plus, I guess I should say the who...
1: Asuka kick like. Baron Corbin in the face off the ladder, so...
0: All right, I guess we should um, say who was in the match and who won. So, Oscar defeated Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, and Shayna Baszler to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, and then, Otis defeated AJ Styles, Aleister Black, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, and Rey Mysterio to win the Money in the blank Bank. Um, so, for the women, as much as I, I loved the finish... I for sure, I was like, it's either going to be Nia Jax because they're going to, she came back, they're going to try to push her again, or Shayna Baszler. Mm. I I was not actually expecting Asuka. And same thing with the men's money in the bank. I thought, well, Otis is in there just because he's over, but there's no way that he'll actually win. This is kind of like going to be either, oh, hey, we're going to push like the neck, the guy that we think is the next big thing, and like Aleister Black. Or we're going to get AJ Styles back on top or Daniel Bryan back on top. Or we're going to go King Corbin because we love shoving him down everybody's throats. Um, So I was frankly surprised. I think it was definitely fanservice-y. Yeah. But I I think that sometimes that's okay because they do a lot of like unfanservice-y things.
1: Well, I know it also was super fake, but it still totally caught me off guard when Baron Corbin threw Rey Mysterio and Aleister Black off the roof. Okay. Well,
0: that fun. was dumb because then they're back on it Raw was. the next night. It's like it was, and then they justified with like, "Oh, well, there was like a little like ledge underneath it." No, it
1: no, it was just like, I, it it was dumb. No qualms, like no fighting on that one. But it just like I'm watching it, and that part just super caught me off guard because I was not expecting to like. There's Murder? your first one. <laughs> there's your second one. And I'm just like. Oh my God. <laughs> so,
0: obviously the uh, Asuka win was interesting because... Oh, I love Oscar
1: winning all the time.
0: <laughs> we, uh, you know, basically we then find out the next night that it's not for a contract. They're the actual raw title is in yeah. there and then Becky drops it and announces that she's going to have a baby. So then Asuka becomes the champion. Now, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Did you like that that's how she became the champion, or would you have preferred to see her have to still cash it in? Because it essentially, it, it was a nice like surprise. Yeah. Um, but it's, it became basically a ladder match for the title rather than a money in the bank. And the money in the bank, I think that the cashing in aspect is kind of cool and unique. And so oh, yeah. my only complaint with it was, well now we are robbed of a cash in. And I think that they had a prime opportunity for Becky to surrender the title and then they have to have like some sort of match for the next title holder. And that they could have easily put the title on someone else that maybe, hey, this person's probably not even gonna get a shot and but we'll put him on, put it on them to have Oscar cash in on. Yeah. Um, um,
1: that seems like legit like they should or, have done it that. Way. Or
0: somebody who's going to be her her next um, you know rivalry anyways. I'm not complaining about it. I thought it was it was a unique way they did it, but I oh. I am a little like, well. So
1: they they could have done it differently and had the cash in and everything, but at the same time, the like the react Oscar's reaction to finding the belt in the briefcase was so adorable. And like that whole like spot was just so heartwarming. And just like with the, her like both of the women were so happy for each other and Becky's pregnant. And like, uh, yeah, I feel like Oscar should have, uh, been able to fight for it. Cause I feel like when you fight for the title, it means more than it just being given to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, um,
0: I mean, I suppose she she earned it by winning she that earned, match. She
1: but. earned it, but uh, it. I feel like it does lose a little bit of the. I don't want to say legitimacy. Maybe that is the word I want, but it just doesn't feel. Quite right, like how? Like I understand she had to surrender in it, but I think. It would have been better if she won it in a fight.
0: Yeah. Um, I love that my man Otis won. Uh, I wasn't expecting it. My only, my only, I feel bad because heavy Machinery's dead. The poor Tucker.
1: Yeah. (laughs) His
0: his boy got over and that, that tag team, uh, was killed just as soon as they, uh, basically became active. It's, I, I don't know. It happens with tag teams. Um, I'm sure that, that guy's. He's basically gonna be riding out of contract. Cause yeah. I doubt they're gonna do anything interesting with him. Um, because there was rumors that, like, oh, we're gonna have for the first time ever, like, a person's gonna like cash in for tag team titles. There were rumors of that. No. But it's so obvious they're not doing that now. Like, he's coming out by himself. We haven't seen Tucker. There's no mention of heavy machinery. Like, they he's changed his gear. Like, it's it's done. It's dead. Aww.
1: But I love their little chemistry as a tag team, though. Like Tucker was like, obviously he's not as over, but they played off of each other really well.
0: Right. Well, they clearly see more value in uh, Otis as a singles, and um, I guess you know I'm curious to see how far it's going to go. I, uh, but he's an interesting guy. He's got a great character. Oh, yeah. So I'm i am I'm imagining he's going to hold on to that, that briefcase for a while because they're going to kind of r- ride uh, that whole thing out. But oh, all yeah. in all, um, there was a few uh, problems, but it was a short pay-per-view and they kind of left more time for uh, the title matches and the money in the bank, which I thought was completely worth the, the whole pay-per-view. So oh,
1: yeah.
0: let's talk about Double or Nothing.
1: I loved it.
0: <laughs> so, um, let's talk about the pre-show match. The Best Friends defeated Private Party. It was good to see Private Party back. Um, and it was to, to determine the number one contender for the AEW tag team titles. Um, I thought this was, our, like, good booking. Private Party's really, really young. I think they're going to get a shot. Um, but they've been kind of like, you know, every time Best Friends get, like, close, it, it, it doesn't quite happen. So, it's, I think it's overdue that they get a title shot and then s- somebody has to beat hangman and Kenny. Cause like, obviously oh, like yeah. that, that's not going to be a super like forever tag team.
1: It, it can not be. I think it's just right now it works really well for hangman and Kenny. Um, because like even before the whole COVID thing, like they were seriously over as a tag gr- tag team and like the whole elite storyline built into that with hangman on the outs, uh, like, the story's there. It's gorgeous, but I, I do think they need to drop it to obviously a legit tag team, and I won't be sad if it's the best friends. I love them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so let's talk about the opening match. The surprise entrant in the casino ladder match was Brian Cage, and he defeated uh, with his manager Taz. Uh, He defeated Darby Allin, Colt Cabana, Orange Cassidy, Joey Janela, Scorpio Sky, Kip Sabian, who was with Jimmy Havoc and Penelope Ford, Frankie Kazarian, and Luchasaurus. And he will get a future AEW World Heavyweight title match.
1: So I know. What did you think about this match? I really liked it. All the elements. Like the personalities that you have in that match itself is all over the place. And I mean that in a great way um, mm. because you've got like orange Cassidy who like walks over and asks like Tony is like, how, how do you, how do you win this match? <laughs> like, and just his style versus like, you've got Joey Janela coming in and like, you've got Luchasaurus, the big guy. You just got like all these elements that make, And they're also different, but they work together and it put on a great match. And then I didn't know who Brian... Oh my God, did I say his name right? Brian Cage? Was that it? Yeah. Okay, good. Because I just forgot it and I thought that was... (laughs) But yeah, like him... Like to be fair, I was a little let down for my... Because my hopes and dreams that were severely unrealistic, hoping Marty Scroll would show up, severely unrealistic... Just letting everyone know. <laughs> so I was a little sad. But I'm also super interested uh, because uh, dude's a freaking powerhouse. And yeah. he brought his own ladder and then ripped it apart. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, That was scary impressive. And just like, I mean, this wasn't at the, uh, I, I, th- I just, I think he's going to be a good match for Mox. He seems yeah. Like he he might end Mox's reign.
0: Yeah, obviously, you know, having him <laughs> win this on on his debut, like they're high on him and I, and I mean for good reason. Like the guy, you know, has a hell of a body. He's very agile in the ring, obviously he's strong as fuck. Um, and to put him with a mouthpiece like Taz is, like, then also gives him another level of legitimacy. So for anybody that maybe didn't see him in Impact, you know, you probably know who Taz is, at least, if you've yeah. been watching AEW or if you've watched <laughs> ECW <laughs> or WWE in the, you know, in the 2000s and, and in the 90s. Um, so clearly they're high on him. The argument could be made with with of, well, was this, like, the Time to Pull the Trigger on Darby Allen, My, what I would say to that is that the dude's so young. He's clearly yeah. crazy over, and there is like a, hey, maybe we should pull the trigger on this kid. But he's like, what, 22? So, 23, uh-huh. something like that? And now that they don't want to admit it, that, that you know, basically... <laughs> They don't want to admit that TNT title is a, a mid-card title. I know, like, they, like, made a statement. They're like, oh, it's not a mid-card title. I'm sorry, it's a mid-card title. It's a mid-card
1: um, title. And there's <laughs> nothing wrong with
0: that. There's nothing wrong no. with that. Um, but I almost kind of think, like, maybe that should be his first title. Yeah, I was um, thinking
1: that, like, because he's so young, he can go for a mid-card. And then once he gets, you know, a little bit more time behind him, advance as to, like, the main title. Because right. like if this over now and like he can only get better, like I don't right. see him getting worse.
0: Yeah, and I, and I, I don't think it's the worst thing that they are taking their time with him because they've got a lot of people that are crazy over, and Good. you know he's one of the youngest ones. I think like him and Jungle Boy and like maybe Marco Stone are like the youngest. Oh well, Chris Statlander is pretty young too, but yeah. they've got a... like. You got a lot of people that are fairly young, and you've got a lot of people that are on a later part of their careers that you can build the entire company up more with um, at this time. So I don't think that was necessarily the worst thing, um, having him win it. My only beef with it was, uh, well, I, not, there's not a specific beef. It, I would say it was good, not great. There was a few things that were meh, um, and I think that they've had like better gimmicky matches in terms of like their battle royals or like I other other ladder matches. It was pretty solid. Like, don't get me wrong, it was oh, yeah. it was it was pretty solid. Um, and there were some crazy spots in it, but uh, let's talk about the next match: MJF with Wardlow defeated Jungle Boy. I got to say I this surprised the, the hell out of me. Yeah. I like, I, I think in terms of like, of the yeah. Night. yeah. Um, they definitely had like the best like in ring performance. And oh, I, I was not expecting that because I, I got to be honest. MJF is a talker and oh, okay. he's, he is like, he's another one that's really young. And I think that by the time he's at the end of his career, he is going to be like really, really good in the ring. But I mean, his strength is, He's a talker and he's had some pretty decent matches, but nothing like, oh my gosh, mind blowing. And I mean, he's had a few stinkers even in terms of like in-ring performance. Um, Jungle Boy has impressed the hot of me, but I thought these two guys together, like it's, it'll be a, a decent match. I was not expecting it to be as great as it was.
1: Oh no. I was completely surprised because like what you said, MJF is amazing on the mic. His matches have never fully interest me. Uh, Jungle Boy, I like his high flying style. He doesn't really talk. <laughs> um, but, like, and I never thought to, like, pair them together, honestly. But, and so, like, I was just like, okay, I'm prepared to not fully love this match, but, like, I was honestly surprised by how much. Like, I don't know, their chemistry was just so unexpected yeah, for me that, like, it just, it was amazing.
0: It was phenomenal. It was, um, it was really hard hitting. There was some brawling stuff. There was a lot of, like, technical mat stuff. It was very, very, very good. I wonder if now they're going to have MJF wrestle Luchasaurus, um, but either way. I think that even Jungle Boy taking a loss, both these uh guys their their stocks rose with oh, yeah. with this match um, for sure.
1: Jungle Boy actually ended up winning the Royal Rumble and has the first title match against Cody.
0: Right, that's right. Um, so obviously so,
1: the loss didn't hurt him. well, and, right. And
0: I'm and I wonder if they were watching that match, like the you know, the powers that be and they were like, Okay, well let's 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 pull the trigger on this kid. I don't think he'll beat Cody. Oh, but no. I think that they, they clearly see, like, hey, this kid's had a great match against Jericho. Now he had a great match against MJF on a pay-per-view. Like, he, he can go, so.
1: Oh, yeah. Um and it, I <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah.
0: All I was going to say is, uh, MJF's, you know, him and Jericho are, like, their biggest heels. So, but, I, I don't, I think this just showed that he can actually wrestle, so.
1: Yeah, and I honestly wouldn't be mad if they did more MJF Jungle Boy, if this is, the quality that they're able to get out of each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next match, Cody with Arn Anderson defeated Lance Archer with Jake Roberts and in the tournament final for the inaugural AEW TNT championship, um, remains to be seen what the final design of this championship is. But no. at first we were like, this is the grossest looking title. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll see. It, it still we looks,
1: that title so hard.
0: It still looks awful. Um, uh, you know, I guess we'll see. Um, but that being, uh, aside, I thought this was a great match. It was, it, it delivered. I thought it was going to be, but it, it totally delivered. I think they did a really good job with Arn and Jake, like their involvement in it. Um, okay. I, uh, iron Mike's involvement until the yeah. end was a little like, Oh, uh, why is he here? But now that clearly set up for like, he's going to be involved in AEW. Like, yeah. And, the little, a, the little cutaways of
1: him reacting to the match.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, like him being involved in the end, I think I thought was was cool. It was badass. Um, this was a, a great match. I think Cody's uh, was kind of I I hate to use this term, but I think he was kind of like an uncrowned champion.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Know?
0: And so th- this this felt inevitable. But I'll tell you what, you know, Lance Archer's been wrestling for a really long time i let me pull up how old he is he's got to be kind of on the latter end of his career so he's 43 um dude they need to like they need to use him as much as possible before he decides to hang it up because i'm in my opinion i think he's like the best he's ever looked um because he's geez he's been a lot of companies he was in tna he was in wwe a really long time ago he's worked in japan for a really really long time now um and he's really really impressive for a big guy because he can work slow like a big guy but then he can explode and you know he walks the ropes well it's oh he's like he's like undertaker when undertaker was in his prime
1: yeah a uh, lot of him I saw his match versus Mox in New Japan, and I'm like, to be fair, I'm also, as you've said, a little biased. Um, But, like, I didn't find it, like, that match super any, like, impressive or anything. I was just like, okay, yeah, I'm rooting for Mox. It's, like, more that he's come over to uh, AEW, and I've seen him do the freaking rope walk. Which once again, a dude that big probably shouldn't be doing that. That um, I've seen more of him, and he he's really impressive. And like, yeah. I would like to see more from him because he's a good scary guy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that they'd be nuts to not eventually make him a champion too at some point. But okay. um, let's talk about uh, Chris Statlander defeating Penelope Ford with a very beat up Kip Sabian <laughs> ringside. Um, so. <laughs> uh, this was a replacement match. Um, Chris Statlander was supposed to wrestle uh, Britt Baker. And I I, I, think that probably would have been a better match and one that I was looking more forward to. Um, I think Chris Statlander has had some growing pains, like getting on TV, but I, I think when she's good, she's really good. And oh, yeah. She has a lot of potential. Um, Penelope Ford's, she, she needs a little more work in the ring, but for kind of filling in last minute and being a short match, uh, I thought this was, was really good. Um, and I, th- and I think that it was one of Statlander's better performances. And I think that she's got a lot of potential, you know, to be, cause they need, they've kind of got a bit of a weak women's division. So they need to build more stars. And, um, I think she has a lot of upside. What do you think about that match?
1: Um, I think it was pretty good, considering it was last-minute replacement and everything. Um, What I've seen from Statlander, she's pretty over, uh, not like super over, but she's over before um, COVID happened. Like, the fans were getting into her. Um, I haven't seen too much of Penelope. She's usually been um, just the outside ring distraction. Uh, She... Like you said, I think she could use a little bit more work. And I think, honestly, Statlander could too. But at the same time, like they have the potential there. And it wasn't a bad match.
0: Yeah. To be fair, so I've seen some of Statlander's matches on the indies. um, And like I said, I I think that she's still getting used to like being on TV because Mm -hmm. she's really, really, really good. And I don't think she's shown her best stuff yet. But this was kind of a glimpse at that. Um, and the next match uh, was a squash. Dustin Rhodes with Brandy defeated uh, Sean Spears. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, this was kind of funny, but and it reestablished like Dustin is like, oh yeah, well, I mean, he just got about got killed on dynamite, but he's back. I don't think this did any favors for Sean Spears though. I, I, I it was it was kind of dumb. I, I don't. I mean, it was a comedy match, but. I don't
1: know. I I, I wish they would do something with Sean Spears because
0: Yeah.
1: It keeps almost something with him almost keeps happening and then for some reason it gets like dropped and they or bury did, him. Um, yeah. And like it's it's frustrating because like I know he can do I didn't get to see a lot of him in WWE because they huh. yeah. <laughs> didn't do shit with them and so i was i got really hyped when he debuted in AEW because of how he debuted and everything and i was like yeah. oh, okay they're going to like and then they've kind of been dropping the ball and i know um, you can only have so many storylines going on at the same time but at like but still like well, maybe I'm, I'm missing something like maybe yeah, he's winning yeah. a bunch on AEW Dark, but I barely watch YouTube. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, it's frustrating.
0: I, I wonder if like they're going to have him kind of come back and then have like a more full fledged rivalry with Dustin. Um, but I'm hoping that they're not going to waste his talent because he's good on the mic. He's a great wrestler. He's a great heel. I, I think they, you know, They could be doing better stuff with them. That's all. Oh, yeah. I agree. Uh, Let's talk about, um, just kind of rapid fire through the rest of these so we can wrap this up. Hikaru Shida defeated Nyla Rose in a no disqualification, no countout match for the AEW Women's World Title. I was so stoked. (laughs) I thought this was a good match. Um, I think, so, you know, critiquing their women's division... Nyla is great as a powerhouse, but mm-hmm. I think she was losing some steam as the champion. And they they need to build up other stars um, because she can come back as as a powerhouse. Um, and Shida clearly, uh, you know, is one of those people that they've been building up that has a ton of potential and has, oh, yeah. you know, shown that she's kind of one of the one of the wrestlers in the women's division that are a notch above the rest um, so I thought this was a, a good move and, and and this match delivered uh, for
1: sure oh yeah I agree like I've been a fan of Shida's for like a really long while now because she's impressed me like since the start nearly I'm gonna say because I can't remember that far back. <laughs> Um, but, like, every time I watch her weekly, like, I, I'm i always rooting for her. And, like, she's been number one content, like, um, in the ratings that they have. She's been in the number one spot for forever now. So yep. it's 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 been frustrating that she hasn't, like, gotten a title shot yet. So when she finally did, I was super stoked. And, like, I could have easily seen them, like, uh, book Nyla, like, not exactly squashing her because Sheeta can hold her own, but like Nyla retaining. So the fact that like Sheeta was able to win it and I I love it. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good match and she's brutal definitely brutal match
0: too. Oh yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I I, I was I I that they had those stipulations. I think that that sort of like kind of really gnarly match works more in Nyla's favor because mm-hmm. um she's not super polished. So making it kinda gritty and more hardcore style match, I I, I think um it it's definitely more in her wheelhouse. Let's I agree. talk about Moxley defeating uh Brody Lee by technical submission to retain the AEW world title. This was a really uh violent, brutal match, which I think we could expect. Um, these guys have a history. Um, I, I was actually, frankly, surprised that he retained. I thought they were going to have him drop the title. Um, I do like that he won in a fashion that is like, you know, Brody Lee didn't tap out and he didn't mm-hmm. pin Brody Lee. Um, that says to me that that rivalry isn't necessarily over. Um, what did you think about this match?
1: Um, obviously, I'm totally happy that Mox won. Uh, <laughs> in my opinion, like, like, okay, so I haven't seen much of Brody Lee wrestling because, as I stated earlier, I didn't, I wasn't here for the Wyatt family. That's when I w- had dipped out, not on purpose, of wrestling. Um, so most of what I've seen of him was just those weird-ass promos as, like, the Bludgeon Brothers in a bunch of jobber spots. So, and, like, to be fair, he's had quite a few jobber matches in AEW. So I haven't really seen him You mean squash before. matches? Yes, thank okay. you.
0: I was going to say, because he's not... He hasn't been the jobber.
1: No, 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 no. I meant, like, he's fighting them. Um, obviously, he's not the jobber. <laughs> um, so, like, this was the first time I, I got to see him, like, actually wrestle in a match you know and I was impressed like because all I've known from him is just like squash matches so like the fact that there was back and forth it, it was good uh, and I would like to see him uh, more and I yeah he, he can win the title <laughs> um, uh, I just at the same time when we were all talking while we were watching it I do think is reign would be, like, I think it would have been a little short, but then again, like I've said, because of the whole COVID thing, I feel like it's fucked up with everyone's reigns, more or less. Like, yeah, you don't see, like, the, pit, the potential there isn't fully reached because you don't have that audience to play off of.
0: I do think that he might lose the title at All Out, though.
1: I'm thinking so to Brian Cage.
0: <laughs> because at that point, like, he'll have had it for a decent amount of time, even though, I mean, you yeah. are right, like, it it's, doesn't feel like it's a fully fleshed out title run and same thing with like what i was saying about like drew mcintyre oh yeah but with the fact that they don't have as many pay-per-views it's like mm, i I guess we'll see i guess we'll see but i mean he is like him and jericho and cody and dustin are like the most well-known wrestlers that they have Mm -hmm. so it isn't like well i guess matt hardy too so it isn't like the worst idea to like have him have it for a while but at, at a certain point you have to start like building some people that are either like oh, no, homegrown talent or people that, Hey, we, we pick these up people up from WWE, but they they were nobody's at WWE so we can build them. So anyhow, oh, yeah. um, and just real quick, let's, uh, just briefly talk about the main event. Um, which I, I first thought was a little sour that this was the main event cause I'm old school. I always like title at the end, but, i think this was uh, this worked it was appropriate. It. the stadium stampede <laughs> match um matt hardy and the the elite uh members uh hangman page kenny omega and the young bucks defeated the inner circle um dude this match was <laughs> wild it was really it was really crazy
1: f- amazing
0: really really fun they did a, a lot of uh fun like innovative spots and little vignettes um I, I really liked how they incorporated a lot of like the, the, the sub storylines and, um, it was just, it was just really fun. I think my favorite part though was, uh, Santana Ortiz and, uh, Matt Hardy in that pool. And then every time they tried to drown him, he'd come out as another version of Matt Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> oh that, my god. That was awesome.
1: And, like, the little bit of, was it Santango and like, I can't swim. <laughs> yeah. And the pool's like three
0: feet deep. There was other awesome spots in that too. The, um,
1: the suplex across the field.
0: Yeah, that was ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the, the stuff with Adam page and the horse was of funny. Course. Uh, the chasing around Sammy with the golf cart again was funny. Yes. And then the finish was fucking insane. That Seriously? one of an angel off of that, like, clearly they had it, like, through wood panels, but, like, into a pad, but, geez, that, it was yeah. still so high.
1: No, I honestly thought he would just do it on the building right there. So, like, I was so shocked when he's just like, okay, off the building. I'm like, oh, my God, you killed him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, yeah, this, this felt fun because it, oh, yeah. it, it's – it's, e- it, it's easy to be like, well, okay, are they seeing, like, the success of, like, the sort of cinematic matches that WWE did, and now they're doing their own? It, it felt different, though, because, I mean, they still had, it, like, it, a ring involved. It was, it felt it like kinda, its own thing.
1: It kind of reminded me more of, like, BTE than the cinematches that WWE has having. And BTE has been around longer than the matches that mm-hmm. they've been putting on. Um, oh, and another spot that I just want to add in there is when Jericho was down and Adam Page comes out of nowhere and just chalk lines him.
0: Oh my God, that was hilarious! <laughs> yeah, that was good. Cool. <laughs> but uh, all in all, I thought I thought it was a good show. You know, obviously oh, yeah. it, it's that and all out are their are their two big shows, and I'm sure that they were, you know, disappointed that they're uh, they weren't able to have it with a crowd. But I think you know just like WWE is doing they're 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 trying to make it work they're doing their best and uh, i think this was as a whole like really solid like most of their output has been
1: oh yeah i completely agree
0: all right well uh thanks for joining me and uh yeah it was good talking about uh these last little last couple of uh pay-per-views so thanks yeah. for hopping on with me
1: oh no problem <laughs>
0: Okay, nerds, that's the episode. Thanks so much to my guest, Cynthia Borges, for joining me today to talk about Money in the Bank and Double or Nothing. Real fun conversations. We're going to have more wrestling episodes coming out soon. You're going to see the next couple of installments of Top 5s in pro wrestling. You're going to hear a review on the most recent WWE pay-per-views, Backlash and NXT takeover in your house and then I've got some other upcoming episodes that are non-wrestling related we're gonna do another quarantine watch list with Jimmy Levins there might be an episode about the last dance docuseries so fun fun stuff coming up here on Nerds with Opinions if you haven't seen it already we are now available on Spotify and Apple podcasts so if you're listening to this right now Follow me on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast app you use. If you're on Apple Podcasts, though, give this a five-star rating. Make sure you like the track, comment on it if, the, if you can on whatever platform you're on, and share it because I want this podcast to to grow just like the expanding muscles of a giant pro wrestler. That didn't come off creepy or anything. Anyhow, also, if you're digging what we're doing here, follow me on social media at nerds underscore opinions on both Twitter and Instagram, and you can find us at nerds with opinions on Facebook. I just started the Facebook, so... Follow me on all three of those platforms and connect with me. I, I want to talk to people about what they're thinking about the episodes and if you have any episode ideas that you want to hear and just kind of just connect. I'd love to talk about this stuff more with the people that are listening to it. So thanks so much for checking out the episode. As always, I'm your host, Matt Holden, and you have been listening to Nerds with Opinions.